Tonight, we're going to a dangerous area of an Amazon account so we can understand the relationship between humans and PPC campaigns. Crikey! Take a look at this. We're face to face with a hard-hitting predator. And oh boy, this keyword means business. Its toxic venom can lead to hundreds of clicks without conversion. One bite, and it could leave you paralyzed with high ACAS for weeks. Now, these predators won't be mocking with us. We've got the biggest predator on our side, the Ad Badger. Oi, easy boy. And we're here to help you tame these beasts in the jungles of Amazon PPC. What's going on, Badger Nation? It's Mike and Steven, and you're listening to the PPC Den Podcast, the world's first Amazon advertising podcast, and your source for all the tips, tricks, and optimization strategies you need to grow your Amazon ads. And you can join thousands of listeners and get bonus content at adbadger.com slash podcasts. Breathe it in, breathe it out. Breathe in good PPC, breathe out bad search terms. Welcome, everyone, to your daily meditation. And what's going on, everybody out there in Badger Nation? Steven, how are you doing today? We got a great topic today, don't we? Yeah, I'm doing great. I am excited for the topic today. I mean, it's it's a topic that is new to me and, and has been really helpful already so far. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. How about that? It is summertime. I've got my jorts on. Jorts, are they in or are they out, Steven? I don't think they, yeah, I don't think, I don't think they were ever in, were they? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'm not. I'm the last person to consult on fashion. But Michael, uh, yes, I'm curious. I, I don't think you've noticed it yet, but I'm curious if you notice anything different about uh, my background. It's gone. You had a house plant, and you 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 desiccated it to death, and now I don't see it anymore. It, it died. Yeah, I had to. Uh, so for any of the listeners who haven't seen on YouTube, but I, I did have a plant that was touching my ceiling, which I was pretty mm-hmm. proud about. Um, but I forgot to water it, and it died. I also forgot to water this this second plant. But uh, well, yeah, it's in the backyard. Maybe it'll get resurrected. I I drowned it with water. I drowned it with water, threw it in the sun. We'll see if we can bring it back to life. This this uh, this plant though is a trooper. I also haven't been watering it, but it's green. The fiddle leaf fig tree, man, this thing it's 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 basically invincible. I didn't water it for like a month. They're gonna make a Pixar movie where the plants. Have personalities. Oh my and gosh, like, that would be so. You're good. gonna be the little kid in like the the, the Toy Story. That oh like my all gosh. their plants. That's a phenomenal idea, Mike. If you, should, you need to pitch that to Pixar and you know claim the copyrights on it real quick. You're to hear first, everybody. Secret life of plants. Speaking of the lives of listeners, you know it's actually really fun. I always like to think of it when I listen to a podcast. Um, is that there are hundreds and thousands of people listening to the same thing you are, dear listener. I like to break the fourth wall. I like to talk directly to the people. So wherever you are, maybe you're driving in a car, maybe you are on a road trip, maybe you are washing dishes, you have your earphones in, whoever you are, I just want to say what's up. Thanks so much for listening. And I want to share the story. Uh, We got a great message over on LinkedIn, uh, which we we want to start doing a lot more LinkedIn. LinkedIn's hot right now, Stephen. Yeah, so if you guys uh, haven't connected with us yet on LinkedIn, please do. We got Michael Erickson Fashine. Here's a good way to get in touch with us. So you know our name, just search our names on there. Here's a good way to get in touch with us. Hello, I noticed that you have business experience. 
and we have similar colleagues in common. Would you like to be connected on LinkedIn? It's like, is that the default message? That's the default, whatever it is. You get like a hundred of them a day. Um, but LinkedIn's hot right now. The point is, every once in a while, we get great messages out there from listeners. We got a message from someone, and he said <clears throat> that he has watched, listened, and read to every single piece of content we ever produced. He counted 170 of them. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read. So this is, this is what he said, just word for word. He said, hey, we just wanted to say hi. I watched the last episode of the podcast. By the way, not just the last episode. I watched or listened and read 170 PPC education materials, all of them. Some of them, uh, just like they were just like the same podcast link, so I just passed them. But 120, 112 YouTube videos, I watched all of them. 85 podcasts, all of them. 29 Woo. lives from the Badger Den, all of them. Eight Badger Bites, all of them. Even one I did not met, miss. If you guys have an exam of being a Badger, I am so sure I will be first place. Woo! That's great. Dedicated listener. That's why we do this. This is the stuff that keeps us going. You know, we do it for the super fans. We do it for all fans. We do it for ourselves, too. Because as we will see today, doing the show, it raises our own bar at which we want to operate by. We have incredibly high standards. And I think we, you know, doing the show forces us to stay on top of things. Um, it forces us to get organized about our thoughts and deliver the best information to you. We see loads and loads of accounts. We talk to listeners. We have hundreds of customers. We do all these different things. And we do everything that we can to extrapolate as much data as we can from all of these people. Somebody writes in to me, I'm usually turning around and asking them a question because I genuinely want to know more about what they're doing, what they're testing, so that I can get as much info. And that's still not enough. Steven, I need all the info. I need as much Amazon advertising info as possible so I could expand. I'm trying to get on this big, big brain level. Um, if you've ever seen the expanding brain memes. Just the level of supernova. Supernova brain. And part of that is looking for good info. So we found some good info from uh, Stephen in our notes. It says from our homegirl, Destiny. I've actually never spoken to her, so I don't know. <laughs> I've been on a call with her before, but there are like 15 other people on the call. So I don't know if I can call her homegirl, but we found someone on LinkedIn. Her name is Destiny. Uh, she's got a great LinkedIn. You can check it out. We will link to it. And she had a really interesting take on product launches for Amazon and What's cool about what it is that we do, because we have so many accounts, we were actually able to do it, test it, rock with it, have uh, some additional thoughts to expand this idea. So we're going to be talking about, uh, I think the title for this episode is New Launch Strategy for New Products? Skip the Auto? Question mark. So we're going to be tapping into this new strategy that we heard, and I'm super stoked about it. I love pushing the boundary on what we know, what we think is possible, and we love sharing that with all of you on the show. Okay, Stephen, we've got an age-old problem on Amazon. How do you launch a new product? We get asked this probably on a daily basis, um, which is A, awesome that there's so many new products being launched all the time by listeners and readers of our blog. The other thing, too, is that it, it is a difficult time. I often tell people it'll never be as difficult 
or as or as frustrating as when you first launch your very, very first product. Uh, however, what we're going to talk about works for new product launches for a new brand new company, but we've also been playing around with it for existing companies that have fairly good brand recognition already. So I want to have you think about the situation and let's actually close our eyes and think about how, you know, the traditional wisdom for launching a product. So you, you launch a new product and what's the first thing that many people do? Well, they plop it right into an auto campaign. And there's some good reasons for that. And what generally happens is you get back a lot of search terms that might not be exactly what you want. So then you snap out of that dream sequence. And that's where we find ourselves today, Stephen. We just launched the auto. We've got our search and report. But the search and report was, was kind of weird sometimes. You know, sometimes you look at these search reports after you launch a product and you're kind of confused that why Amazon thought things were the certain way. Could we save ourselves some trouble? Could we save ourselves some days or weeks of doing this research phase? Can we speed this up, so to speak? And that's what uh, Destiny shared. So let's, let's talk more about this, Stephen. Yeah, and just a quick note here. This might sound like we're, we're about to retract the RPSB methodology. This is more of just a caveat to the RPSB, which is essentially, and, and you know, the RPSB is start with an auto campaign, let that do your research for you, peel out the, the winners, stick them in a manual campaign, you know, fine tune it from there and run with it. What we're about to say here is, is basically just a caveat to those auto campaigns because if it's a brand new product, they really don't do super well for new products. And uh, yeah, Destiny's post shed a lot of light on that. So here's a, here's just a snippet from her post. She said the Amazon algorithm is a fantastic or is fantastic when it has data. My issue with auto campaigns is on the product launch. Amazon does not have enough data just yet. And then she gave some examples of two different products. Um, one had no reviews. The other product had a lot of reviews. And her where she went to kind of see how Amazon's algorithm was doing on this indexation process was she actually started a manual campaign, keyword targeting, and looked at the suggested keywords on the uh, on the manual campaign. And that I thought was extremely insightful uh, to kind of get a heads up before you actually run the auto campaign and check your search term report and potentially blow a lot of money to actually start with the manual campaign and just look at the suggested keywords to kind of see what Amazon is about to be pairing you up with to kind of get gauge how well has your product been indexed. And she's she's correct that newer products uh, who that don't have a lot of history yet are not going to perform as well. And so that's why you'll see, tend to see a lot more irrelevant searches with an auto campaign for newer products. Right. And, you know, to piggyback on some of the things that you just said, I think we should have a section throughout in this podcast where we actually talk about, so does that mean we should never ever launch an auto campaign ever again? Should we always do it this way? I almost view what we're talking about here today uh, meaning starting with a manual campaign, watching those suggested keywords, and using that as a barometer to see what would have been appearing in an auto campaign to be a little bit more, I want to say like late beginner, intermediate, because if someone comes to me and they have no idea what to do with PPC, I still may recommend like, hey, just launch your auto. Like that's all you need to do. If Because a lot of people can't like it's so difficult getting started if you haven't done any done this before that to tell someone start with your auto let the data come in add your negatives and the things that don't work and then peel out the things that do work put those in a manual exact match 
that's still pretty sound. Like that'll get you to the same spot. We're talking about a strategy that will ideally save you some time and some money. Um, what I definitely don't recommend is keyword dumping, which we'll talk about, you know, now potentially or later where people just start with a manual campaign, dump a whole bunch of keywords that they think it should work for. And, you know, they're adding a hundred, 200, 300 keywords that are untested that could be even more irrelevant than an auto campaign would have been. So, you know, the starting with the auto moving your way, like that's still going to get you where you want to go with good optimization principles. Um, and there's a lot to, you know, there's a lot of optimization that needs to go into that. Uh, but at the same time, what we definitely don't want to recommend is a whole bunch of keyword dumping where you, you know, essentially just drop in hundred random keywords. But what we do recommend is sort of taking your product, dropping it in that auto, seeing what, I'm sorry, dropping it in the manual and then seeing what Amazon is suggesting there as a barometer for what it would have shown you for in your auto. So it's a bit of a mouthful. So this is definitely like late beginner, more intermediate, because you do need to discern a little bit when they present those keywords for you in the manual sponsored product ad group creation flow. Right. Whew. Yeah. And so another kind of interesting thing to note too, is that like, if you just launched a brand new product and you're not running any ads on it, it's kind of like, where are you going to get those impressions actually from? And I think Amazon does kind of have a bit of a, almost like a grace period where it will give brand new products a little bit of preferential treatment just to kind of help them index it better. And so that's why sometimes you'll see, you know, every now and again, you'll just see like a zero rating product is at the top of the search. And you're just like, how did that get there? And I think it's just Amazon basically just experimenting and they don't, that product's not going to be there consistently. They'll just throw it up there once just to kind of see if it gets clicked on. And then what Amazon does is it uses these click through rates uh, to kind of determine, oh, that's what this is, and to kind of narrow it down. So it, it's sort of like, I mean, it is. It's it's a it's a machine learning system, and so yes, the algorithm gets smarter over time as it collects more data. But yeah, it does need indexation time. So your product gets indexed because Amazon looks at the title, it looks at your bullet points, it looks at your back end keywords. But there can be a lot of things that are in there. So let's just say you're selling a protein powder. And your protein is non-GMO, and that's part of your title. Well, Amazon sees non-GMO, or maybe you have the words organic and vegan. You have non-GMO, organic, vegan, all in your title. Amazon just sees those keywords and goes, okay, non-GMO, vegan, organic. But you can start showing showing up for other things, you know, people that are shopping for, I don't know, I don't eat vegan food, so I don't really know what they'd be shopping for. But, you know, people could be looking for organic, like vegan, vegan organic snacks mm-hmm. or energy bar. And your protein powder could still be showing up for that. So, mm-hmm. so because it, it's still in the ma- auto, it would, it would like trigger those terms mm-hmm. in, in the auto campaign. Yeah, uh, because I mean, you could almost think of it. You, it, it almost seems like you could almost think of it like this, that Amazon is treating a bunch of keywords in your title as like broader phrase match. So even though what you really should be focusing on is like the protein powder sector, Instead, it'll take, you know, protein powder as a phrase match, broad match, and put pluck you with a bunch of things. But it'll also take a bunch of other things, just like, uh, you know, if, if say you're selling a plastic object and you're selling like a water bottle or whatever, and you have the word BPA-free, it could just throw you in a bunch of phrase match systems with BPA-free, and you start showing up for BPA-free forks, spoons, pl- plates, cups, and what you have is a water bottle. 
And so you can kind of get picked up on all these other things, but over time, so, so I think that's how Amazon does it. Cause that's what I see in the suggested keywords is that there are you in some way or another, the suggested keywords for a new product without a lot of ratings, those keywords in one way or another could connect to something in the title, either synonymously, um, but, but a lot of times they're just not really relevant. And over time, yeah, they, they, they get increasingly more relevant as, as it collects more click data and stuff. Right. Yeah, it's, it's like the blessing and the curse of auto campaigns that, yes, you're going to show up for things that you had not expected to. And sometimes there is gold there and sometimes there's not. So by, by pre-evaluating what Amazon will probably show a new de-index, and when we say de-index or like un-index or indexation hasn't happened yet, uh, you know, Amazon's trying to figure out what terms to show it for, what searches to show it, to have it appear for. Um, so by starting the create um, new ad group, putting that ASIN in it, watching what the suggested keywords will be, use that as a barometer for what it will eventually show for an auto. So like, that's what we're saying here. And, you, you know, again, props to Destiny. Uh, it's a cool thing that I hadn't considered before. So basically you have this and then for a brand new product, you know, I think we're at like a decision point. You know, if you do that, you type in, you, you go to create new manual keyword based campaign. It spits out a whole bunch of completely irrelevant things that would give, that should give you a moment of pause to sort of say, Hey, maybe I do not start with that auto. Maybe instead I will do blank, which is what we're going to get into now. So the first sort of checkpoint in this decision tree um, is to sort of say, hey, if you punch it in there and you get a whole bunch of rubbish, shout out to our British listeners. <laughs> if you get a whole bunch of rubbish, then you can decide not to do the auto uh, because you can sort of use that as assessment that it's going to take time for Amazon to learn really what to appear for in that auto. So instead, we're going to do blank, which is what we're going to get into right now. So just to give you guys an example, we ran this test with two different toothpaste products just to kind of see for ourselves, you know, just how this plays out. Not that we needed proof. We, uh, we saw the proof, uh, but we just kind of wanted to get some of our own stuff just for a blog post. And so we took two different toothpaste products. Yeah. One that had zero reviews and one that had, how many did this one have over 2000 reviews? So for the product that seemed pretty new with zero reviews, uh, here were a couple of the key suggested keywords, all right? These are suggested keywords from Amazon. We're about to launch a new manual campaign. We're doing this to see what kinds of auto, what, what kind of search terms we think the auto campaign might pair us up with. Keyword number one, organic herb. Number two, toothpaste bad breath. Number three, green charcoal. And then just going down, we got organic charcoal, organic ingredient, dry bad, Free dry, bad breath herb, free organic. Here's a, here's my favorite one. I think this is the most relevant one. Green sugar. We also have nice. just green. Just green is also one. Free breath. We also have uh, jasmine herb, organic jasmine, breath jasmine, uh, sugar free flavor, a uh, tooth mouth. We have tooth <laughs> tooth mouth was one. Tooth mouth. Uh, and yes. jasmine and jasmine green. Uh, obviously, you, so you can see, I mean, a lot of those are just super irrelevant. I don't know. I brush my teeth a lot with green sugar. So I don't <laughs> green you know. Sugar. That one. <laughs> so when you look at the, the listing itself, the product title, uh, I'll tell you what the whole product title was. It was 
tooth note fluoride free moisturizing charcoal toothpaste for dry mouth and then in parentheses jasmine flavor bad breath organic herb ingredients uh it's sugar sugar free paraben free so you see you see the the suggested keywords are, are finding things like oh uh it says jasmine in it so it starts doing like you know jasmine green which i assume people are starting to type in like jasmine green tea you know and and looking so you can start and you and you're thinking about the product targeting too because all of this applies to product targeting right because when amazon starts doing automatic product targeting it's indexing your product and indexing another product and determining based on the indexation of two products whether it thinks you're similar so it can also think that you are like a substitutionary product for a jasmine green tea brand and so you're suddenly you're, you're targeting uh you're targeting teas uh, but yeah, I mean, same thing with like sugar-free and that's always, you can see how we got from, from grain sugar from there. Uh, so you can, you can, you can see kind of how this plays out with a product that hasn't had, it hasn't had the, the proper indexation time for Amazon to really do a great job with nailing down what exactly this product is and what would be good search terms for it. Okay, Steven. So that's the one with very few reviews. What about the one with a... A lot of reviews. I think you said over two thousand. Yeah, over two thousand. Uh, it's Colgate, um, but again, you'll see that you'll see. <clears throat> well, sorry, that was I really struggled to talk for a second there. You need some green sugar in your tooth mouth. <laughs> <laughs> in my tooth mouth. Uh, you'll see this in the blog post if you catch up on it. We've got the screenshots of the whole suggested keyword list. But for this Colgate product, every single suggested keyword has the word toothpaste in it. So it's Crest toothpaste, Colgate Total toothpaste, Colgate toothpaste. Uh, okay, Crest Whitening does not have the word toothpaste in it. Uh, then there's also just the word toothpaste. Then there's toothpaste paste. Then there's, I mean, every, yeah, everything has has toothpaste in it. Um, now, obviously, it's it's Colgate, so you, it's like, whatever. Maybe I should have picked a brand that wasn't as famous, but uh, you would see the same results with any other product that has a much longer history of, of being around. Uh, you're going to see it gets indexed significantly better and just gets better matching between suggested keywords and actual search terms that the auto campaigns are picking up. It also sounds like, even even without the ads, it also sounds like the second product has had a lot more product title optimization than the first one did, because probably the first product, like you evolve your product title, you make it better, you improve your bullet points over time based off the data that you're getting, typically from your PPC campaigns. Yeah. So it even sounds like the, you know, the ancillary benefit to this is not only that, but like you ha- I always tell people your conversion rate's never going to be as bad as when you first launch. Right. Not only from a paid campaign perspective because you don't have any reviews, but from a your product's not yet fully optimized. So there's still time to, for that to mature as well. So yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, the title itself, the full title product title is Colgate Total Whitening Toothpaste 4.8 ounce. So I guess there's also less chance for confusion, right? They're phoning it in. Let's get real. Yeah, I mean, look at that. They have that. They have the Amazon's Choice badge for toothpaste. Who do you think they paid to get that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, again, and that's not to say that that long titles are bad. I think long titles are phenomenal, especially if you know if you're being wise and loading them with the correct keywords. You know, you really want to use up all of the title space that you have. But you you don't want to risk letting your title confuse Amazon, right? I, I don't know anything about toothpaste, but I have to imagine none of them have sugar in it. So you probably don't need to write sugar free in it. Yeah, I mean kids' toothpaste. I don't know. Maybe I mean if so if someone Do they? Well if no someone idea. is typing in sugar free toothpaste though, you, you want to be indexed for that and score for that. But you mm. don't want 
Amazon to pair you up for just sugar-free jasmine green tea or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we've right. got, we do have some strategies to, uh, yeah, for, for what to do about this to continue with a research. How can you continue to do a solid keyword research campaign, continue to do your RPSB that way without risking exposing yourself to all these crazy irrelevant clicks and just get that, uh, what did you call it earlier? Earlier, Mike, you said, uh, <laughs> Oh, a boom box of junk, a bunch yeah. of junk. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Uh, so let's actually talk about, so we, we have our situation. Let's talk about what to do instead. So this is where you can get a little creative here. Uh, and we have some recommendations. So if you are experienced enough to sort of follow along with this episode so far and you feel comfortable doing this and, and sort of getting a little bit more creative than just the traditional auto, then take the good stuff, put it into a manual, get rid of the bad stuff from the auto. Test this out. So let's just, let's just assume, Stephen, somebody's following along uh, and the goal of every episode is to give people, turn around, go do something in your campaigns. So they're following along. They have their account open. They do this test, which is like the auto barometer test. Like how is the auto going to behave? And it fails. They're like, I should not launch an auto. I should instead do this. And what this is going to be is launching a manual keyword-based campaign. And we have some recommendations for how to get started with that. And the pre-recommendation is it is not going to be a keyword dump. You're not going to go and start a campaign with 500 keywords, uh, of which you haven't read the entire list. Yeah, but the The keyword dump is by far the most common characteristic of bad performing campaigns, period. End of of sentence. We've seen it a lot. I don't know where it came from, but it's It's, something. This is is essentially what it looks like. That whole list of bad keywords or bad suggested keywords that we just saw. Yes. Oh, wait, maybe that's where it comes from. People just add all those keywords because I was about to say, it looks like someone just added all those keywords. I mean, that's basically it. People, yeah, they'll, they'll start a manual campaign. And they won't actually review the keywords that they're like throwing in that are their suggested keywords. They just say add all and launch it. Yeah. I think there's some keyword tools that do that too. Like from the organic side, they're like, hey, consider these. And then just like, yeah, I'll consider all of them, drop them in. Um, So definitely not a keyword dump. We want to be a little bit more methodical, a little bit more stringent in our selection. We want to be as uh, stringent and sharp with our keyword selection, I'm, I'm trying to pull it back. I'm trying to come up with a joke to relate it back to the <sighs> sugar mouth toothpaste. But let's just move on. Let's just move on. What should you do instead, Stephen? Well, yeah, and, and just one more thing to add on that. It, even if you use a reverse ASIN lookup tool, mm-hmm. you're going to get pretty similar results if your ASIN hasn't really been indexed. They're just going to, those tools, they just they just take your title and just pair you up with a bunch of different mix, uh, mix matches of, of search terms. Uh, that have different, you know, segments from your title. So that's usually where, where we see these long, you know, 100, 100 keyword ad groups where a lot of the keywords are just not relevant at all. But what the solution is going to be here is really simple. Uh, imagine if you could run an auto campaign. Imagine this. Imagine if you could have an auto campaign and say, hey, auto campaign, just make sure that the word, at least the word toothpaste is in all these searches. Okay, go. And essentially that equates to just having a manual campaign with just one broad match keyword in the campaign, toothpaste. Mm -hmm. Because it's still Amazon's algorithm that's still at work, even with broad and phrase match keywords. It's still the algorithm that work that's, especially if you're using like dynamic bidding, uh, the the customer search term, the closer it matches your title, you know, that's how Amazon dynamic bidding kind of plays into effect. It's, 
it's calculating how close the search term is matching your title and how strong it thinks the relevance is and conversion rate likelihood. And so, so Amazon still is, even with those broad and phrase match, uh, Amazon is still kind of, you know, it's, it's algorithm. It's still, is still at work in terms of ranking you in terms of, uh, choosing when to display your product. So as long as you just have the word toothpaste, you can still get all the exposure that an auto campaign could provide you to, such as sugar, sugar-free toothpaste, jasmine-flavored toothpaste, charcoal toothpaste, all these different types of things. But it will also allow you to uh, just ensure that the word toothpaste is in every single search so that you're not appearing for tooth mouth. Mm-hmm. That, that is correct. And, and honestly, that's, that, that, that could be it. You know, when I was thinking of this, I do think of situations where, let's say you're selling that toothpaste, you want toothpaste in every term. So boom, you just start with a broad match, one broad match keyword, toothpaste, boom. Um, And that would be the equivalent of, if you think of the way that an auto campaign behaves, you have close match, loose match. That would be the equivalent of sort of a close match. What I would be more cautious of is like trying to come up with an equivalent for loose match. That would be like, you know, maybe organic toothpaste. Like maybe you're you're going a little further away. I don't know if I'm ready to like make that recommendation to like have do this like again and again with other keywords that you think might make sense. Instead, I'm sort of viewing this as the start of your RPSB, meaning you're starting, you plant the you plant the seed toothpaste, and then you watch this stem out and you look at that search and report. You look at the things that you're getting clicks for. You look at the things that you're getting conversions for, and you use that to inform your next keyword. So it's like you don't necessarily, part of the beauty of the research peel, stick and block of doing that research is that it is not incredibly, like it, it shouldn't be so resource intensive for you. Like you know your next step based off your previous data. So like you plant that toothpaste seed and then you see what to do next. You see it stem and and grow and and reach out uh, and then you decide your next keywords. Then you decide what to do next. Uh, so that's where you're peeling out your, your exacts, putting it somewhere, doing perfect bit optimization on it. So you always let your future steps be determined by where you've been going. Uh, and then, of course, yeah. So you could still kind of create that loose match to auto targeting option that we see in auto campaigns through just, yeah, like, like you were saying, Mike, just a kind of expanding, you know, basically adding a loose, a, another, a, like a loosely related keyword that is a broad match. Mm-hmm. So you could include mouthwash as a broad match. Mm-hmm. And that would be a loose match. And that would be considered a complementary, if, if it was product targeting, complementary because people, they're not mutually exclusive. They could get the mouthwash and the toothpaste. You could get, you could target mouth or, or teeth whitening and target mm-hmm. that broad match and pick up a few other things. But that's still going to be a heck of a lot more narrow because we're still, we're still in like dental products, right? Right. And not to overcomplicate the, the, the root of what we're talking about here, the, the root of this is to get like sort of accelerate the correct indexation. Um, so like if you're going to start doing all of these different things, like again, you're still going to get where you're going to get because if you're listening to the show, you're going to optimize it as you go and you're just going to get better and eventually you'll get to where you're going. The root, the, the root, the purpose of this episode is to sort of assist 
the process there to sort of plant your seeds where you like you have really good reason to believe like they're going to convert here. So like start there, plant the seed there. Then over time, um, you know, I don't even think it's absurd to not create, not recreate the loose match, the substitutions and the compliments and just sort of start with that uh, close match seed, let that expand out. Amazon now has some information, then circle back, throw on your auto. Um, So like that is definitely something. And, it's actually kind of cool because when you would launch that auto, if you are blocking, you know, if you're throwing the negative exacts in there, you would like be, you know, a couple steps ahead already. So it's a cool way to think of getting to ultimately the same destination, which is a well-optimized account where you're, you know, putting your best keywords forward with the mathematically correct bids and all that good stuff. Thank you, Destiny, for the tip on using manual campaigns to kind of check up on how well your product is being indexed by Amazon and the kind of potential results that an auto campaign search and report would give you. Super helpful tip. Mm-hmm. We're using that. We're, we're uh, what, yeah, our, our big application now is that for these newer products, we're going to just stick with a, a handful of broad match keywords instead of actually running an auto campaign and just use that to, to run our RPSB. That's right. Big props to it. We will link to that LinkedIn post. Uh, I am going to be sending uh, a generic LinkedIn request to her. Hello, I noticed we are in the same industry. Would you like to connect? Mm. Um, No, I'd love to get Destiny on the show too uh, because she always shares such uh, cool content. So thanks so much for the inspiration on the show. Um, And be safe out there, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the PPC Den podcast. Our goal of every episode is to give you guys actionable information so you can go right to your computer and start optimizing with the new skills you've learned. Be sure to subscribe because we'll be back next Wednesday with more great PPC skills for you. And you can always head over to adbadger.com slash podcast for all of our show notes and bonus content that we've made exclusively for our listeners. If you guys are finding these podcasts to be valuable for you and your business, you can help us continue making them by dropping us a review on Apple Podcasts. All right, Badger, are you ready to go back to camp and rest up for tomorrow? What a good boy.